Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Lauren is a brilliant social worker and a campaigner against trafficking. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? Very, very well. Well, look, this is a really, really disturbing and horrifying story, which is about um, child asylum seekers being kidnapped from a home office hotel. Can you just quickly just describe exactly what's happened here? So what's happened is Kent County Council, alongside a couple of other councils at the time, had enough unaccompanied children in their care that they felt they couldn't take in any more and adequately care for them. So they said, we are refusing to take any more unaccompanied minors into our care. And they batted that back to the Home Office and said, this is your responsibility now. The Home Office responded in a way I don't think anyone could possibly have seen coming, which was they contracted a bunch of hotels across the South Coast and just effectively dumped these children there. Um, um, One of the ones that became kind of a bit of a flashpoint for this very early on in the summer of 2021 is is one that was in Brighton um, and the location of which was unfortunately made public by several very irresponsible publications and many of us were raising concerns right from the start we were having meetings with the home office open letters were written concerns were raised safeguarding referrals were made saying this is wildly inappropriate it's unlawful and it's unsafe and these children are at extreme risk of being picked up and trafficked from these hotels the home office ignored us um, over and over and over again and continued to keep these children in these hotels so you know my point of view for example is the practice overall is what is is completely unlawful and shouldn't be happening but at the very least the moment the location of a hotel was made public that's housing vulnerable children it needs to be shut down, you know, get them out. But the Home Office didn't. So you had things like Britain First turning up with their video recorders and filming these children in these hotels who were newly arrived, absolutely traumatised. They were being provided with below substandard, you know, they were being given prison issue tracksuits to wear whilst they were in the hotels and all this kind of thing. And inevitably, it's... (laughs) It's kind of the world's most horrifying, I told you so. Everything we said would happen has now happened. So what's come out in this article that's been written in The Guardian yesterday is traffickers are arriving and picking these children up. And so what we know is that 79 children have gone missing from this one hotel in Brighton and never been seen again. And that's one hotel. We know this isn't the only hotel. So the numbers that are coming out are probably very, very under you know, below what's actually happening here, the number of children that are going missing. So traffickers know the location of these hotels. Kids are being taken there when they arrive in the UK. They are traumatised and alone and they don't know what's happening to them. And traffickers are showing up, waiting outside and taking them. And some of these kids are being taken off and never seen again. And from an anti-trafficking point of view, we have a really good idea of what's happening to these kids because we have seen it happen again and again and again. They are being taken and they are being exploited either um, in criminal situations. So one of the most common situations we end up dealing with is children who are forced to work in cannabis farms. 
So these are residential houses that are taken over and converted into cannabis grow houses and children are forced to stay in those houses and cultivate the plants. So they do the watering, the management of light systems is extremely dangerous and the children are horrifically abused by their traffickers. We we know that, um, you know, physical abuse, beatings, we know sexual abuse is really common. All of these methods that are used of controlling these children and keeping them there. And the kind of the, the really shocking part for us is is how often it's reported to us that the traffickers use government policy and rhetoric as a method of control. So as was noted in the article with The Guardian, one of the things that traffickers are saying to pe- to children is if you stay in the hotel and you stay under the care of the government, you're going to get sent to Rwanda. Or, you know, you've got um, Robert Jenrick the other day saying, you know, we're looking to to find the Albanians, detain them, put them on coaches, take them to the airport, get them the return to Tirana. There's no quicker way to keep an Albanian child under your under your control than to tell them if you come forward, if you try going to the police, if you try going to social services and telling them what happened to you, you're going to be on that plane. You're going to be one of those Albanians that they're looking to round up and get deported. So government rhetoric and government policy not just in terms of putting the children in the hotel in the first place, but also the things they're saying publicly and the policies they're enforcing more widely around immigration are just making this situation worse and worse and worse. And the impact on these children is, I know, I know we sort of, you said, you know, we're going to try and not bum people out too much, but ultimately this is really, really horrifying stuff. So, I mean, the the rhetoric, as you say, of the government is that they're taking on the evil trafficking gangs. So it's in a sense when, you know, for example, they talk about um, Rwanda, the whole nature of their rhetoric is to tr- they try and give a hum- they hu- kind of a, a humane kind of rationale for what they're doing, which is mm-hmm. uh, these are vulnerable people being exploited and we're somehow coming to their rescue. But this, is, this isn't tackling these evil trafficking gangs, as, as they put it. No, if, if anything, they're, they're making it worse. The, the Home Office right now is enabling trafficking to get worse and worse and worse because every time one of these policies is announced our young people are telling us the the traffickers are rubbing their hands with glee the rwanda policy was a gift because they can use it as a method of control don't come forward they'll send you to rwanda and because the home office refuses to see sense on so many issues like setting up processing centers in france to be able to bring people over safely like you know allowing children or allowing anyone to apply for visas to be able to come legally to be reunited with family when they've got family members here you know things like the rwanda policy all of it strengthens the control that the traffickers have nothing is more powerful when it comes to controlling victims of trafficking than the immigration system traffickers will tell people you're going to be deported you know um children who are forced into criminal exploitation it's often if you come forward if the police find you you'll be arrested you'll be put in prison and then you'll be deported we're talking here obviously about this one hotel but how widespread is this how many do you think children are we talking what kind of numbers so we don't know exactly how many hotels there are because the home office has been really really opaque on this we lots of freedom of information requests and things have been put in but there's no no one has a good sense of just how many hotels are being run so the stats that have been reported are that as of october 222 children were reported as missing from home office run hotels and what i also want to point out is this is just children who've been accepted as children and placed in hotels the other issue that's coming up a lot at the moment is children arriving at port and being incorrectly age assessed so they'll say i'm 16 17 years old 
officials at port will say, no, you're not, you're 23, you're 24. And those children are also shoved in hotels, but they're shoved in adult asylum accommodation hotels. So they are in hotels alongside unknown adults, and they are also extremely vulnerable. So the numbers we're seeing are, you know, 136 went missing from this hotel in Brighton, 79 have never been found, 222 are missing from the Home Office. Those numbers in and of themselves are staggering. But what's more terrifying is that they are just the tip of the iceberg. And the Home Office has, it doesn't have any mandate to be doing this. The Home Office has never had a mandate to care for children. It's, it, it falls to the Department for Education. So it should be happening. If Kent County Council isn't capable of taking care of the children coming into its authority area, there's a system called the National Transfer Scheme that is set up, which spreads the load across the country so other local authorities can volunteer to take these children in. Now, any decisions relating to the care of children should sit with the Department for Education. What for some reason is happening with unaccompanied asylum seeking children is decisions about their care have been pushed over to the Home Office. And no one can entirely, no one's entirely sure about how this has happened, how it's legal. It, I mean, it, it's not ultimately, it's not lawful for this to be happening. Um, and, and we've all written, you know, repeatedly to the Department for Education and said, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you allowing the department responsible for immigration enforcement to be controlling uh, decision making around care for children? But that is what's happening. The Home Office is opening these hotels everywhere. They're shoving kids into adult asylum hotels or they're shoving them into hotels on their own. They're deeply, deeply traumatised. That that journey across the channel, I, I think... There's been so much about it, so much rhetoric. So, you know, you see the images on the news. What I don't think the majority of people truly grasp is how terrifying it is. People know, whilst they're making that journey, they know that they could die. And, and often they are very close to dying. It is freezing cold. A lot of people who make that journey can't swim. So there's always the risk that, you know, the boat's going to go down and they're going to drown, which we have seen happen. People are getting off those boats, children are getting off those boats, and they are deeply traumatised, they are absolutely terrified. And everybody, you know, terrified children don't make safe decisions, they can't make safe decisions for themselves. And it's the responsibility of the professionals and adults in this country to look after them, and we're not doing that. Before we talk, I mean, you've been talking there quite clearly about what can be done to, to prevent the, this horror, but we'll but just, just I'll ask you a bit more on that. But in terms of just in terms of finding these children, what hope is there in terms of, for example, directly these children who've, who've, dis, who've been taken from this hotel? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
it's it's really hard because the response from all agencies has been really underwhelming you know they I think the article in the Guardian kind of highlighted it really well you know they asked Brighton and Hove council for a comment they referred them to the police they asked the police for a comment they referred to the home office asked the home office they mm -hmm. referred them back to Brighton council you know it's that spider-man meme everyone's pointing at each other and saying well it's you so no one has taken adequate responsibility for finding these children yeah. In my experience of these children being found, the most likely um, way they will be found is either best case scenario, some of them have run away to be with their families and they will pop up, you know, in the asylum system when they get solicitors and claim asylum. And it turns out, you know, they'd run away to live with the family, which they never would have had to do if they had a safe way to get here. The alternative is these children will be found when they're arrested and they will be arrested for working undocumented, um, again, in car washes, in restaurants, in nail bars, or they will be arrested because they're being criminally exploited. They'll be found in cannabis houses. They'll be found in cars with, you know, thousands of pounds in cash and piles of cocaine on them. And what's often happening is the children themselves are then being criminalized. They're being sent to prison for cannabis cultivation, for cocaine dealing, um, for things that they were forced to do that they didn't have a choice in because often they've got debts hanging over them. One of the ways that gangs control these children is a lot of kids want to leave their countries. A lot of these kids are trafficked from places they want to leave, from Albania, from Vietnam, from Eritrea, places like that. They have no legal way of getting to the UK. And so traffickers pick them up along the way and they say to them, we will get you to England, but the cost of the journey is 20, 25,000 pounds. And these kids are like, I haven't got that kind of money. And the traffickers offer to front them the money and say, we'll get you to England. You will work for us once you're there and you'll pay us back. And the kids don't actually know what they're going to be doing. They just hear, you know, you're going to work for us. And they think, OK, for example, with Albanian young people, it's really common that traffickers will say to them, we work in construction. The UK needs houses. You'll help us build them, you know, and you'll make the money to pay us back. But once they get here, they are then violently assaulted. They are beaten. They are threatened. And they are told, you have to do everything we say to pay off your debts or we will go back to your home country and we'll kill your entire family. And these kids are being kept under control in that way. And then finally they're found, they're arrested and they're sent to prison over things that they were forced to do. And we should have mechanisms within our laws to prevent that from happening. But at the moment, sadly, all of those mechanisms are failing. In terms of some, I mean, you, you kind of made a lot of this clear, but in terms of the kind of key demands that people should be focusing on, what are the kind of key mm -hmm. things right now? Right now, it's end the practice of the use of hotels. That needs to end immediately. Um, the national transfer scheme needs to be taken away from the Home Office. All decisions relating to the care of children need to be taken away from the Home Office and put with the Department for Education where they belong. So the national transfer scheme needs to go over to the DOV. Home Office needs to shut down these hotels. Kids need to be in care where they belong. We need safe routes for people to be able to get here, for children to be able to get here reunite with their families to not have to fall victim to these traffickers there should be an immediate inquiry into how this has been allowed to happen and also how all of the warnings were ignored for so long you know we we made very very clear that this was going to happen and the home office ignored every single warning they were given and there needs to be an inquiry into how that was allowed to happen immediately david barato asked why isn't the government being taken to court over this that's a really good question. Um, and I don't know the answer. I think because it's quite it's quite complicated. So one of the 
uh, things that could have been done, for example, is the local authorities that have these hotels, for example, Brighton and Hove Council, uh, they could apply for permission to go to judicial review over the decision for, of the Home Office to open these hotels. The problem is it's extremely costly, it's extremely lengthy, and there's no guarantee that it will work. And I think what's happening in, in children's social care, much like the NHS, the you know, you, you know, utilities, everything, the system has collapsed. It's not collapsing, it has collapsed. It is broken at this point to the point where people are just kind of trying to get on with it. There's a lot of complicity in this kind of thing because social workers, much like nurses, doctors, everyone else are completely overwhelmed and overworked. And a lot of people are just kind of wanting to get on with the job and do the best they can without examining the wider systemic issues. So I would love to see the government get taken to court over this. I'm not sure, honestly, why it hasn't happened yet. There have been a couple of challenges. Um, Kent County Council and Detention Action um, tried to take the Home Office to court over this. Um, and if I remember correctly, they actually were unsuccessful. Lauren, it's really disturbing and horrifying stuff, to be honest with you. Um, but it's really good that you've actually been able to talk, obviously, about practical things which people need to be loudly demanding and agitating for. But um, what a damning indictment of both this government and the society that we currently have, that some of the world's most mm. vulnerable kids, um, that this is the fate imposed upon them for completely needless reasons, which is to by a government which is intentionally stoking up bigotry um, and and with, with these sorts of catastrophic consequences. I mean, it's, it's mm. absolutely horrible. If I could um, add one thing on the end, these, we are yeah, talking about children. These these are these are children we're talking about, um, and they are terrified. And what we're hearing from young people we support over and over and over again is is just how bad it is and how much control traffickers have over them at the moment, and how terrified. And there are there are weeks when my job is just trying desperately to hold on to these kids and stop them from running away and running to their traffickers because of how bad it's gotten. Um, and I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry I wasn't able to give a more cheerful view, but that is yeah. that is unfortunately the reality that we're we're working with at the moment. I mean, what what obviously incredible work that that, that you do in, in 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 frankly near impossible circumstances. Um, but honestly, I can't thank you enough. And I can just reading the comments, people are absolutely horrified. But also, this is this is news to people. I think it's really important people are aware just how mm. gruesome the, the the current situation is about some of the most vulnerable children on earth and the way they're treated in the, in this country and and because of because of government policy. Um, it's just mm. absolutely horrifying. Um, yeah, Lauren. Honestly, thank you so so much. Do follow lo follow Lauren Starkey on social media. What's your Twitter address? Sorry, I should have checked that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm time? Lauren H. Starkey, but you can also follow the organisation I work for. It's called Love One Four Six, yep. and we are at Love One Four Six UK. Great, everyone. So Love One Four Six UK. Do go and follow that if you're watching or listening to this. Lauren, thanks so much again. Thanks for the incredible um, description of this. Just horrible situation but but also for for talking practically about what needs to be done so thanks so much for joining us at such short notice thanks why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.